a <laughs> out there, but uh, I'm pretty good with real estate communications. How about that? There you go. That's even better. I just, I just wanted to give it one of those, like, remember the, like the Steve, the old Steve Martin comedy bits. I wanted to give it one of those, like the, the world's greatest. Yeah. So yeah, he, he may not be the world's greatest communicator, but he is an excellent real estate communicator oh, uh, has studied NLP neurolinguistic programming. Uh, this is my good friend, Brian Curtis. What's up, Brian? So much, Jesse. I really appreciate you having me on. I, you know, I love doing these things. It's, uh, it's always fun to, you know, hang out with some other real estate professionals and people who are doing things at a very high level. That's how we get better. So I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Zach, if you can monitor Facebook, because I'm going to pull it up on my other monitor, but sometimes I get an echo going back and forth as people have questions. Um, the whole idea of this, ask me anything. I think Ryan, you've seen us do one of these before is we get real live questions from real human beings who get a chance to ask you anything they want, which is a frightening prospect, you know, prospect, but could also be really, really cool. Yeah, it's fun that way. Right. You know, yeah. what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So, so Zach, let us know if we have people starting to watch on the Facebook feed, I'll pull it up on my other monitor. Um, and I'm going to get the, we had people ask some questions beforehand before, uh, you know, over the last week we've been gathering questions, but I want to start with one of my own questions, which is, um, have you always been such an effective communicator when it came to real estate communication? No, I'll just, no, absolutely not. So it's a, here's a real simple story and I'll try and keep it short. Cause I know we only got 30 minutes. The very first lead I ever got in real estate was what most of us would consider a laydown lead. Literally, my friend who was a mortgage broker, he was a partner of mine, handed me a lead and said, these people would like to buy a house, please call them. And it only took me four hours to get up the courage to reach out to that person. So, and to this day, I'm not sure I've ever had an easier lead, you know, so... All of this, you know, you can know every technique in the world and you can practice some on your kid and your significant other and your friends at the end of the day, real world is the real world. So I definitely am an advocate of practice. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, we've all have fears. We all have apprehensions. And uh, no, I was scared to death the first time I made a phone call and I had no idea what to say. And, you know, at the end of the day, I, I will say this, even if you don't take anything from this, make the call, because at the end of the day, the answer is no, if you don't ask the question, right? I love it. All right. And, and, and I didn't actually know that story. And I'm glad I asked that, Brian, because it helps just make this feel more approachable, accessible, because you have I mean, you've studied communication for years. Mm -hmm. And I just like knowing where you came from. Absolutely. Right. So here's our first question. This guy, Vanessa had asked this um, a little while back. Um, how do we deal with clients who aren't listening when we explain things to them, right? Like they are listening, but they're not really hearing what we're saying. What, what, do, you, what do you do with that? So let me start with one of my favorite quotes, telling isn't selling. And, and here's, here's what I notice. You know, we do, and maybe we should rename these things. We do buyer presentations, listing presentations. And, and maybe if we just switched our mindset on that and this, we're just going to have, we're going to have a communication with the buyer. We're going to have a communication with the seller. So I'll tell another quick story. I love stories. That's, a, that's what makes life world go around, right? So um, I'll got to give Ben Kenny credit for this. He's the one who, who taught me this script. And at the end of a listing presentation, he had said, say this, Hey, you know, Jesse, it's been great chatting with you today. By the way, you know, we covered a lot of information today. Is there anything any other agent mentioned that they were going to do that I, that I forgot to mention? And really what you're doing is trying to find out, you know, oh, the other person told them they're going to do this and this, and you can say, Oh, I could do that too. And I apologize for not mentioning it. So here was the response. The very first time I answered that, Nope, it sounds like you're just like everybody else. So what did I take away from that? I'm like, this guy didn't hear a flipping word I said. So 
I'll introduce this concept. I know you're very familiar with this, but a lot of people don't do this tie down questions. So for example, I might be showing a slide um, and I use like a, I use a flip book, which is basically just pieces of paper inside of a, a, a folder. And the reason I do that is because uh, this is kind of a joke, my flip book never breaks, the battery never wears out, you know, I never have to log in, it's there. And you know, which is ironic, because I talk a lot about technology. But anyway, I digress back to, I'm going through. So let's say I do a slide and I cover Facebook, you know, this is how we do our Facebook advertising, I go through it and talk about how great it is, then I'm going to ask a question, can you see a benefit to, to that? And, and here's what most people do, Facebook's great. Craigslist is great. I'm great. Great, 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 great sign here. No. So all along the way is in any presentation that you're doing, ask questions. Because if you're talking more than everybody else, you're losing. So, you know, in phone calls, for example, I say it all the time. If your communication is more than 50% of the communication, you are, you're losing. So it's all about asking people questions. And tie-down questions are questions of understanding. They're questions of commitment. So, you know, can you see a benefit to us running Facebook ads? What we do? Yes. Can you see the benefit to working with a team over an individual agent? Yes. Can you see the benefit of working on, you know, professional pictures? It doesn't always have to be benefit, but, you know, can you see how something like this would help you sell your house faster for more money? So getting those people to engage, and here's the thing, if they don't think it will, this is a great time to, for that objection to come up. And most of us don't ask that question. So we get to the end and they go, no. And we have no idea where we've missed them. So if you're doing any kind of presentations, throw tie down questions in there. And again, those are don't you, won't you, isn't it, shouldn't it? Those type of questions are the ones that will get you a level of commitment. You know, for example, I go over why working with my team is more important than working with or better than working with an individual. At the end, can I can you see the benefit of working with a team over working with an individual agent? Now, some people have a perception, you know this, Jesse, that I should work with an individual agent because I only want to talk to one person. Well. Okay, so go to your attorney, go to your doctor, go to whatever. Can you imagine walking to a doctor's office and the doctor's checking you in and then the doctor is like taking your blood pressure and then the doctor does what the doctor normally does. You go back out to the front desk to pay and there's a doctor sitting there. That's insane. But in real estate, for whatever reason, we've decided that we're going to be great at everything. By the way, if you're great, if you think you're great at everything, you're average at everything at best. I, I love that. Um, by the way, we do have uh, Jen. I see you're on here with us live on Zoom, and we've got a bunch of people watching on the Facebook feed. So I've now got my comments open. If if you guys are watching us, if you have a question, please. The reason we do this live is so you can jump in. And Jen, anybody else on Facebook land, ask. Type in the box or come off mute if you want to be on the Zoom here with us. You can literally, you know, turn on your your mic and ask Brian questions. If not, I'm going to keep asking questions away. So I've got a question on on tie downs while people are looking for uh, uh, to answer their questions. Tie downs. So I find that, and by the way, that was a perfect answer for how do you, what do you do if someone's not listening? You got to re-engage them. I find I use a lot of tie downs because I do it habitually. I've been trained on doing it, but I use the same ones over and over again. Like I notice, like I'll, I'll ask, does that make sense? I'll ask that one a lot. And if I'm not consciously trying to vary it up and I get really self-conscious when I'm paying attention to myself and I'm not just an autopilot, I'll start thinking, do they notice I'm saying, does that make sense all the time? Do they notice I keep asking them that? Is it awkward to ask them that? Like, what do you think? Do you have an opinion on that? Do, do people notice when you use tie downs or do they, are they so busy answering the question that it doesn't register? So you're familiar with the concept of graffiti words, right? Um, and uh, So one of my graffiti phrases is out of curiosity. Now, if you meet with me and we're, we're doing something, you are going to see 
probably, hey, Brian, um, you're going to see probably that I said out of curiosity five or six times and you didn't catch it. Now, someone who's really paying attention to this type of stuff, but who who is? People like me and you do that, but that's because this is our passion and our love and all these things we do. Realistically, you could literally ask the same exact tie-down question on every single slide that you present and they probably wouldn't catch it. But here's the other thing. Why not prepare yourself? Okay, at the end of this slide, I ask this tie down. At the end of this slide, I ask this tie down. Vary it up just so you're not literally saying the same thing over and over again. But here's the thing. I would rather that you say the same thing over and over again than not say anything at all. That, that would be my choice. I love it. Cool. And if you're just joining us, please ask Brian questions live. That's why we're here. What's up, Brian's just joined us. Uh, we, got, we got Brian surrounding us now. Yep, and we both live in Boulder. So oh, that's <laughs> funny. You got, we got Brian squared in Boulder. Am, am I supposed to ask myself questions or the other Brian question? My other hey, brother, you know, Brian I, I talk to myself all the time, Brian. So join right in. It's, it's a party up there for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you have any, Go ahead. So if you have questions on communication style NLP, you know, it's blowing my mind at the moment, Brian, technology wise, I have this up on my app now on my, on my phone, the Facebook app, the live feed, it's transcribing what we are saying with like a two second delay as we are talking. Pretty it blows awesome, my mind yeah. that I'm, I could just read the, I don't have to listen to Brian. I can just read it. I can just read it. <laughs> I, I appreciate putting the captions on Zach. I like it. He just said he put the captions on. All right, cool. Chris Adams says, hello. Hello, Chris Adams. If you have a question for communication at expert, Brian Curtis, an LP question. Jump well, on I don't think Chris is probably going to ask me a question. Chris is my executive assistant and our listing and marketing manager. So he probably doesn't have a question. For me. He may <laughs> ask questions. Maybe, maybe he's like, he I really always wanted to ask Brian questions. I was, in, I was unsure, but now I have a forum to do it. Yeah, I think he's good. So. <laughs> All right. Brian Margolis, you have a question on NLP or anything? Or should I keep firing away questions at, at Brian Curtis? Why don't you keep firing away, Jesse? And then something will dawn on me. Cool. And uh, hopefully I'll remember to ask my other brother, right. Brian. Okay. Well, then here we go, Brian. So this is a, this is a good one that, uh, who did this question come from? Uh, Steve had asked this one on one of our Facebook posts when we said we're advertising this call. He was saying, people don't answer the phone anymore, right? Because when I, when I think of, this is me ad-libbing now, when I think of communication style, I think about voice-to-voice -voice or in-person conversations. But Steve was asking, look, people don't answer the phone anymore. Do you have any tips for communication via text or Facebook message or anything else like that? Absolutely. So first of all, they're right. I mean, we're looking at answer rates that used to be in the low twenties that are now in the low, in the mid to low single digits, you know, six, seven, 8%. However, there are ways to communicate to start those conversations. So this isn't really communication, but this is process. And so, but, and I'm happy to talk about that as well. So for example, I've got a drip that I run that has voicemail drops, text messages, um, GIF messages. I get a 49% response rate on that. Now, what I'm telling you is not that I get 49% of the people I send that to and say, Brian, help me buy or sell a house. That's not what I'm saying. Some of the things I will not repeat, we'll keep it PG here. But at the end of the day, we can, you don't, my ultimate goal, you know, I look at the hierarchy. This is my hierarchy of the ability to communicate. In-person, Zoom, telephone, text message, email. Now there's some asides in there. You got Facebook messages, maybe Instagram, things like that. So come up with ways to communicate with people so that you can actually then get on the phone with them. So if I'm having a text conversation with somebody, eventually at some point in time, I say, Jesse, you know, I'd love to continue this conversation, but my thumbs are getting a little bit sore. So with that in mind, 
why don't we set up a time that we could have a, you know, a phone conversation. I have time to right now or tomorrow at 2 p.m. And by the way, so here you want to talk a little NLP, that's what's referred to as a double bind. And a double bind basically means I don't, my, what do I want that person to do? I want them to have a conversation with me. And so I didn't say, do you want to have a conversation with me? I said, when do you want to have a conversation with me? And I gave them an, e, an A or A or B choice. If they pick A or B, I don't really care which one. Also, when you ask double bind type questions, also called slot closes or either or closes, there you can't say no to that. So in other words, if I say this to Jesse, Jesse, would you like to talk this afternoon? Would you like to talk tomorrow? You can't say no. I mean, you can, but you're going to be a crazy person. So what are that's doing? It's engaging some of your brain that says, okay, I've got to come up with an answer. I can say today or tomorrow, or I can say, you know what? I'm not available either of those days, in which case I can go, great. When are you available? Nights and weekends or, you know, and you can just keep double bind, double, double bind until you get, narrow it down to where people want to be. So that is one of my favorite techniques to use. And there's a, there's a, a variation on that called lesser of two evils. So I use this all the time when I'm dealing with clients who are unhappy. So, you know, Jesse, we can either pay the $5,000 to get the heat and air re or replace, or we can go back on the market. Which would you prefer? So I'm, I'm breaking it. Is there probably some other choices that they have along the way? Yeah, but I'm breaking it down to the simple. Like, look, guys, we can go back on the market, go through this whole process again, or you can pay this 5K and move on to your next house, which, by the way, is supposed to close next week. So which makes more sense for you guys? And so it's just that lesser of two evils. So either I put the house back on the market or I, or I buy the new AC unit. So that is a very powerful thing. And I'd like to throw this out for every agent who's out there. Stop getting emotionally vested with your clients. Not because it's bad to get close to people, because somebody in the, in the transaction needs to be thinking logically and not emotionally. So if you think that if you're selling your $700,000 house and it's about to fall apart, if you're not, if you don't think that person's emotional, they're, they're either dead inside or they're freaking out. And, and, and that's the truth. You know, it's one of the five most stressful things we do. So it's so important as an agent to be the person who stands back and detached and provides information in a way that people can make decisions and get through all the frustration, irritation, and emotions of going through the sales process. So not only should you, I feel like it's your responsibility to stay emotionally detached to do your best, do your best job. I love that. And that is a whole nother it's another different class, right? <laughs> staying emotionally detached, but we should, we should have that conversation tonight because I do love that. Um, staying emotionally detached, letting it down. All, All right, right, perfect. I guess so, I'll get to be on again next month. <laughs> <laughs> staying emotionally detached. Um, I've never heard that phrase, the lesser of two evils, by the way. Is that a, is that a Brian original? No, I know. I actually, full, full disclosure, let me shout that out. Joe Rico was the person who, who re reframed that for me. And again, it's just a double bind. It's just a very specific version of a double bind. But, but I like that version of a double bind. I mean, yeah. I, I'm a nerd like you when it comes to communication stuff. So I like, like, oh, that's a good, I, I mean, I love it. All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Jen said, yes, please add the class. You need it. How to take the emotions out. All right. We will, we can, we could dive into that and this one too, we got time. We got, we got nothing Absolutely. else. Wherever we want to go. Craig, welcome. Brian, so Craig. You, got, you come up with a question, Brian, Brian M. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Thank you for not using my initials, Jesse, and putting me back in sixth grade uh, in the corner. So, mm -hmm. uh, but anyways, uh, for the other Brian is when you, when you have a question, when it is uh, a choice and, uh, and your clients are highly emotionally charged, which we all know clients are, and you use that double negative and it's a choice that you know that they're not going to like, 
how do you use NLP to soften the blow? That's amazing. So, so it's, uh, they have to eat their vegetables no matter what, because uh, it's good for them. All right. So uh, it, it maybe if you'll play along with me, Brian, if, you, if you'll tolerate this, um, I'm going to do a thing that's called pacing and lead. It's called verbal pacing and leading. So um, this may or may not work, but it might be fun if, you, if you're willing to play along with me. So I'm just going to ask you five questions and just answer the questions. It's simple. There's no trick here. There's nothing going on. So what's the three-letter word for police officer? Cop. Okay. What's the opposite of bottom? Up. Uh, or top. Top. Okay. What's the what's what's the three-letter word for soda? Pop. Okay. If I was going to clean my kitchen floor, what would I use? A mop. Okay. What do I do at a green light? Go. Okay. So. Eight out of 10 people ask that question to say, stop. Oh, well, yeah, because it rhymes, yeah. Because you're in a, so the mind works in patterns and I could see you, you took a long time, you're like, I'm gonna think about it, I'm gonna get it right and God bless you, that's okay too. We'll talk about what that means about your personality later. It's not a bad thing. <laughs> but most people will say, pop, mop, stop, stop. Oh crap, I just said stop at a green light. And, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating, eight out of 10 people say stop. You know, every once in a while I do this and it doesn't work, but eight out of 10 people do. So here's what we wanna do with somebody. It's called pacing and leading. A pace is something that's true. There's two types of pace, universal, but a pace is something that's true. The sky is blue, the grass is green. Now those don't have a ton of value when you're having a conversation, but it's something that is true. So, but let's say instead with this, you've got a client who's, uh, I'll just make some stuff up about them. Um, they need to get moved by the end of the month. They, they're getting changed for their new job. It's super important to them that they have a, a certain neighborhood repeat that back to them. So all we're doing is recapping what they said. So we might say something like this. So Brian, I just, you know, we're one of the situation. I want kind of want to recap what's going on. So you told me no matter what, you've got to be moved by August 31st because, because of school. You've got this new job and there's a lot of stress and a lot of stuff going on with that. It's super important that you be in this neighborhood that we're under contract in uh, on the purchase of your house. And then of course, we've got this little bit of mess that we've got going on with your current situation. So what have they done? Yes, 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 yes. So with that in mind, ultimately, we've got two choices. You can either pay the $5,000 and get the heat and air replaced, or you can take the risk of putting your house back on the market. I know neither of those are great choices, but with that in mind, how, how do you feel? What, what do you feel would be best for you? And your family? So pacing and leading is, you know, it, it does a lot. It gets them the idea of, okay, yeah, this is true. This is true. This is true. This is true. Because again, remember when we're in the emotional part of our brain, and let me just say this, a lot of people think we're logical creatures who have emotions. We're emotional creatures who have some logic. So we've got to get people to take a look at a situation as objectively as possible so that they're making the best decisions for themselves. And maybe the best decision is to go back on the market and, and I'll, you know, I'll honor that. But at the end of the day, I want them to actually look at the facts and get away from it. Like how many times have you heard a, a, a buyer say, that seller's a jerk. I don't want to buy their house. I've actually heard people say that to me, right? What the hell does that have to do with anything? The seller's not going to live there with you. It's not, you're, not, you're not getting a new roommate. They're not going to come back and visit. At the end of the day, you like the house. It works for you. The seller is gone. So deal with the frustration of getting through that transaction, get the house you love, regardless of who lived in it before. It does not matter. Hope that helps. Yeah, it, it does. So I think just to repeat what you said, is said, I know neither are great choices, yet what do you want to do? You, you got to that at the end, because that's what you, you need to get a decision. 
So is that the right language you use to end it, to wrap it you up? You can, or you can say with you can say with that in mind, or you know, I know it's not ideal. You can say anything. You don't have to put that little. Uh, I'll call it a transition phase. You don't have to have that transition uh, phrase in there, but sometimes it just softens it up. You know, Brian, I understand that neither of those are ideal, but with that in mind, we're going to have to do one of the other. So how would you like to move forward? Gotcha. So, and, and at the end of the day, it's true. So go ahead. I'm going to point out one other NLP thing. If you listen back to this recording of what Brian Curtis just said, if you listen to the way your voice changes and we could spend a while, we only have you know, eight minutes. So it's supposed, things supposed to be 30 minutes. We could do go obviously a lot longer, but if you listen to the way his voice changes, when you said the first half of that phrase, the softening, the transitional phrase to when you said the second phrase, your tonality, inflection, speed, all everything shifted. It's almost like you can hear a car shifting gears, right? I don't know if, if he says it again, now he's thinking about it, it might not come out the same way, but do you know what I mean, Brian? I do. So, you know, I, I, I was speaking with more empathy it is basically what I was doing. I slowed it down and, and my tone changed a little bit and I was talking like this. And there's two things that come with that. So first of all, if I say this to you, Brian, if I say, hey, uh, why don't we go uh, have lunch? What, what does that sound like? A question or, or a statement or a command? Uh, more of a question. Why? Lunch. Why, why was it a question? Like, oh, why don't we have lunch? You, you didn't sound excited about it. Well, fair enough. So I was working. I didn't do a great job of this, but okay. is our if the inflection of our voice goes up in tone, in other words, it gets higher in pitch, that implies a question every single time. So I can say, "Hey, Brian, you know, why don't we go to lunch?" You know, it's a question. It's very much a question. Or I can say, "Brian, let's go to lunch." Right. You can hear the difference in those two things. The second one's a command. The second one, I'm telling you, let's go to lunch. Even though it's a question, your brain does not register that as a question. Your brain goes, oh, crap, I got to go to lunch. Brian just told me to go to lunch. And so, you know, if you want to, if you want an interesting statistic, 99.44% of communication is done on the subconscious level. Our mind's sole function is to keep us from going insane. Like people who like, and, and, I, and I know it sounds kind of crazy, but like if we literally intook all the information that was going into us on a conscious level, we would literally lose our mind because it's, we cannot handle it. We, our, our mind is a deletion thing. You know, you've heard whatever we focus on expands and there's some metaphysical stuff behind that, but whatever we focus on expands is because our conscious mind can only handle so much information. And it's 0.006% of the information we process on a actual uh, conscious level. The rest of it is done unconsciously. As a matter of fact, there's some of you who are watching this, man, I wish I could remember what Brian said. Technically, you can all 100% remember everything I said. Now, it's just the ability, whether you have the ability and understanding how to access that. Every single memory that you've ever had, you have access to. It's just most of us don't know how to access it, including me. I don't know how to access 100% of that. I don't have an eidetic memory. But, you know, that's how we process information. And so when you do command voice, when you do a lower voice and you do it in a downswing, they pro people process that as Brian just told me to do something. And you'll do it because I told you to do it. And now, let me start this. We didn't go into this. You got to be in rapport with somebody. I can't just go up to somebody on the street who I don't know and say, give me your money. And they're going to go, great, Brian told me to give me his money. That's what's going to happen. But it's actually pretty funny. I, I talk about that. There's a gentleman named Darren Brown. If you want to watch some really interesting, funny stuff, Darren Brown is a conversational hypnotist and NLP master. And there's videos of him literally walking up to people on the street, building rapport within probably 10 to 15 seconds. And 30 seconds later, walking away with their wallet, their keys and their phone. Okay, one, one more quick 
two more questions if I have time, Jesse. I just came up because one was like a lot of people are saying, uh, how do we overcome this with the NLP? Well, uh, we're because there's like two sides of the fence. 50% of the people out there think it's a bad time to buy because the, the housing market's overpriced and they're going to wait for the market to go down. Um, and so how do we overcome that objection using NLP? Because that's a lot. Like it, it, it's just their stall tactic. It's, it's they're just because they don't know us and trust us yet. That's their push away. But it's and but it's the articles they may be reading. So what, how would you? Sure. But, and, and, you know, let, let's let's face this piece of reality too. whatever you believe. I can find an Internet website that will make it true. So I teach a class and I, it's funny, my wife yelled at me. She's like, don't go on wackadoo websites. They're going to try and, you know, reach out to you and do stuff. So, it, and when I'm teaching building rapport, I've got a slide in there for flat earthers. Now, if anyone's a flat earther, I apologize for insulting you. I'm about to insult you. I think that's the dumbest damn thing in the world. If the earth isn't flat, how do we know? Well, Jeff Bezos saw it yesterday looking down or two days ago. So we know the world's not flat. But there are people who believe that, and there's a whole bunch of people in that group. So confirmation bias is, is really an important thing to understand. It's out there. Anything that you want to believe, you can believe. So here's, here's an objection handling process that I go through, and this is, this, I'll try and be short and sweet with this. Step one is acknowledge and affirm. So what does that mean? Hey, Brian, I think that I want to wait until the market crashes. You know, Brian, I completely understand. I've talked to a lot of people who have that same belief that they were going to wait until the market crashes. Okay, great. So what have I done? I've acknowledged it. I haven't told them they're dumb and stupid, even though I think they're dumb and stupid. I really don't. But I think that opinion is dumb and stupid. I really do. But I'm not going to say, here's what most people do. Um, hey, Brian, I'm going to wait till the market crashes. Let me tell you why that's dumb. They don't say those words. But again, communication is not just the words that come out of your mouth. So acknowledge and affirm it. You know, a lot of people I talk to have the same opinion about the market is going to crash and that'll be a better time to do. Now, let me ask you this. What makes you believe? Now, so step two is I'm going to isolate the objection. What makes you believe that the market is going to crash? Because here's what people do all the time. They close the wrong objection. So maybe I think the market's going to crash because there's going to be a whole bunch of foreclosures just like 2008. Well, now we can talk about what's different in 2021 than is different in 2008. Or some people believe, well, the market always goes down. And guess what? That's not true either. But again, if they believe it, and I'm talking about 2008, they're like, Brian, what the hell's that to do with 2008? So step two is isolate the objection. Ask them that. And then you can, here's another great question. So for you, what's the benefit of waiting? Well, the benefit of waiting is that, you know, I'm going to buy this house for 30, you know, 10% less. Okay, great. You know, and that is possible. Eventually, eventually the market will have a crash. I don't know when that's going to be. But what makes you think it happens right now? Well, blah, 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 they can go through. There's all these people who haven't paid their mortgage and, and all that stuff, it's true. But here's what's different now in 2021, 2008. You bought a house anytime, probably 12 months or back, you've got equity. Why? Because the market has gone up so much. Why did it crash in 2008? I'm negative cash flowing. I've got $0 in this house. I'm just, I don't need it. So, but you have to figure out where they're at to before we close the objection, if that makes sense. And, you know, same thing. Here's another example. Hey, Brian, you know, I want to, I, I don't want to be in a bidding war. What are most people, what's most people's handle that? Don't worry, I won't let you overpay for the house is basically their objection handler, right? That was not the reason I didn't want to be in a bidding war. I didn't want to be in a bidding war because it makes me really nervous and uncomfortable. Okay. So, you know, we've got to step to always isolate that objection. And then uh, I don't, I, you know, there's a million different objection handlers you can use, but uh, I, I don't have time to go through all those, but I might just something like this. So if I could find you a house that was a good deal and you could have the best interest rate of your life, would you consider even going and taking it? 
might be something I would do. So remember this, and I think this is true for everybody. I bought a TV back in 2017, and I went to Best Buy no less than 30 times before I bought that television. Every time I went to that Best Buy, though, I went and looked at that television. So here's my point. Getting people in a house, and I don't care how you get them in the house, might get them excited about being in a house and this ridiculous objection of I'm going to wait for the market to crash might go away. So, you know, Brian, I completely understand. With that in mind, why don't we just go take a look at three or four houses? We'll show you what the, how that would look. And potentially, you know, there might be something out there that works for you that right now, and you don't have to go and throw all your money away on rent. With that in mind, I have time available both on Thursday and Saturday. Either of those make any sense to you? You know, or, hey, by the way, you know, why don't we just go do some window shopping? I love that term, by the way. Everyone likes to go window shopping, right? Hey, I'm just going to do some window shopping. And, you know, you may not find anything you like, but worst case scenario, I'll get information about what you're looking for. And when I'm out showing other houses, I'll go, hey, this house is a house that might work for Brian. And I'll give you a call. How's that sound? I've got time available on Saturday and Sunday, which day works better for you. Awesome. And I loved how you gave them that. What do you call that? Uh, closing? When it's so you, it's, it's, together, it's called a double bind is, is the technical term. Some people call it a slot close because I'm giving you slot A or slot B. Some people call it an either or because I'm giving you two different choices. It doesn't really matter. But at the end of the day, I'm just, I'm just saying, hey, would you like to do this or this? And whatever answer you give me, I'm happy with. Saturday or Sunday, great. Would, would you like to list your house this week or next week? You know, I don't care. At the end of the day, all I want to do is list your house. You know. Got it. Awesome. And then uh, lastly, Jesse, before you cut me off is um, Brian and Jesse and for every married man on this call, can I use that 99.44% uh, percentage with my wife of saying that's my, my issue with selective hearing? You can say whatever you want, but let me explain this is the most important thing. I teach real estate communication. I am not a marriage counselor. I'm not a relationship coach. I'm none of those things. And uh, yes, some of this stuff, it works universally, but I would play with it with my kids and not, not with my spouse. That's just my personal opinion. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually am married to a, a, a marriage counselor, Brian. I married, my wife is a, a, a th that's couples counseling and marriage counseling. So uh, we, we'll have you guys on here sometime. You guys can go back and forth. That'll be fun. Huh? It would be fun. <laughs> Anyway, this this is awesome. If anyone else, I mean, we're supposed to be wrapping it up now. If anyone else has any you know, quick questions for Brian, you want to jump in, you've been waiting to ask a question. I don't know, Brian, if you got a hard stop now, if you got a minute or two. I don't, I'm good. All right. Anyone else got a couple of quick questions before we wrap this up for Brian? Please, I'd love it. Uh, I, I see a couple of people from my team on here, uh, Desiree and Jamie. So please feel free to, to ask. Uh, we're, we're talking to a couple great uh, people here, Jesse and Brian Curtis, uh, that can they're excellent at overcoming objections. So that's why we just did that. If you guys have anything, um, please fire away uh, because this is special. Yeah. And, I, and I will, uh, I'll, I'll answer this question for me. One of the best places that I go to look at NLP stuff is a, there's a, there's a website called transformdestiny.com. And, um, you know, it's a week, it's a monthly subscription to be that, but there's a lot of good information. They talk a lot about, uh, um, conversational hypnosis, NLP. It's not real estate specific, but um, here's the biggest problem with stuff for NLP. Most of it is old and boring. So that's the biggest part. You're just like, holy crap, if I can make it through this, then uh, maybe I won't poke my eyes out. So um, I'll, I'll take a minute to promote, my, promote myself. I'm putting together a class that will um, be basically about a 12-week class. It's going to be NLP-based, um, conversation-based, 
put all that stuff together. We'll put together a listing presentation for you, a buyer presentation, go through the whole process, learn objection handling. Um, it's going to be about a 12 week class. And then that should start some sometime in August. And uh, I'll give Jesse that information. And if, you know, if he wants to share with the group that, but I, uh, I do want to share, cause I was going to promote it for you because like I study this stuff, you know, 10, 15 years ago and people always ask me what, what's a good book on NLP. I don't, there is no good book that I know of. Right. Like, and so I like you, like having a live dynamic course is the way I learned it and the best way to learn it. So I'm, I'm thrilled you're doing that class, Brian. Yeah. I'm excited about it against my passion to help people do this because, you know, Tristan, for example, on lab code agents, put it up in an objection the other day. And I watched everybody on there. There's like 200 and some odd comments it looked like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, for those of you who ever watched that movie. Great movie, by the way. Love the movie, but it's not 1985. And I watched people coming up with things. Well, it was basically, you know, why shouldn't you work with the listing agent? Well, would you have, would you have the same attorney when you're getting divorced? I'm like, so you really think saying that to me is going to convince me to, to change my mind, you know, and just, and no one does acknowledge and affirm, you know, if, Step one of any good conversation is not to piss the other person off, you know, and I'm not saying there's not great times to have that, you know, strong debate and you know, there's, there's great stuff. And I love that. I love to get on debate with people. But how about if I'm trying to be persuasive with someone, step one is not piss them off. So, you know, coming up with these aggressive, you know, are you an idiot type things. And when I say that there wasn't a single person who wrote, are you an idiot? But remember this, for, for those of you who are looking at communication in person, right now I'll consider this in person. I don't know if they've done the study on what, how it works on a Zoom call, but only 7% of communication that's happening right now is from the words I say. So there's so much underlying that's happening in that. There's so much communication that happens non-verbally that it, it's crazy, which is why, you know, going back to, to the course that we'll teach, step one is how to build rapport. And I'll argue, and I'll just a little teaser here, 99% of the people I know build rapport the wrong way, and it takes them too long to build that rapport. And that's why they lose so many clients on the front end, because they think they're in rapport with somebody because they say, oh, you like pizza? I like pizza. That's not rapport. Everybody likes pizza. You know, you like music? I like music. That's not rapport. Everybody likes music. So coming up with these ridiculously... Yeah, things that everybody likes and saying that you're in rapport with somebody, it's not. And it's interesting when you're truly in rapport with somebody, they don't even have to like you. And, and I know that's, that's, that's the concept. Rapport isn't friendship. Rapport isn't that rapport is about you accept me as part of your tribe. And I accept you as part of our tribe. And because of that, we have a flow that happens between us and everything is easier, which is why going back to Darren Brown, he can literally have people hand him their wallet. He, he bought a $4,500 ring. And I saw the video with blank pieces of paper. So that's a pretty high level of rapport. And there's some other things that go into that, but and again, I'm not advocating for stealing money from anybody or wallets and keys or anything like that. That's not the point, but it's a demonstration of how much communication is happening on a subconscious level and we're not even aware of it. So we can edit this together, Brian, to make you sound so good talking. <laughs> so Brian's teaching us how to steal wallets. I get no. <laughs> There's, you know, there's that commercial. Have you seen that commercial where they, it's for a cell phone company and like the lady says, this isn't a costume party. Don't dress up like that. And the phone, the phone breaks up and she hears it's a costume party. And the lady shows up looking like a crazy person. So, and, and yes. So yeah, you could probably edit me out of context. No, we, we will not, we will not edit you out of context. This, this was brilliant. There was such good, I mean, really in a 30 minute period, there is so much good information. I think we absolutely 
I absolutely introduced you correctly, Ryan, as the world's foremost communication expert. I'm just not even real estate. I'm just saying the world's foremost communication expert ever. That's it. Awesome. Well, I'll I'll just take that. And I don't know if it's true, but I'll take it. So, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for being here, uh, everybody. Brian, Desiree, Jamie, Craig, everybody watching on Facebook. It's good to see you guys. Uh, we'll we'll make sure we drop in the, the Facebook chat for this and drop into the, the uh, Zach, drop into the Zoom chat. How they can reach Brian and get information on that course. So um, let's see the easiest way to get me. So uh, my email is Brian, B-R-I-A-N at searchnwa.com and uh, my cell phone number. I mean, at the end of the day, feel free to send me a text. Uh, and, and it's funny, I tell people this all the time, literally send me a text 24 hours a day because at certain time I just basically turn my phone off and I don't care. You can send me a text at three, four in the morning, don't, don't, I don't care. Um, so 479-531-2317. And I will be building a webpage for that. It's just not built yet, so. I love it. Sounds good. All right, Zach, we'll put the music back on. I like the music. I like what you're doing. All right, guys. Have a good day. Have a good afternoon. Thanks, everybody. Jesse, Craig, Desiree, Jamie. There's a rock, Brian. That was awesome. See you guys. Good to see See you. you. Bye, guys.